You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Everybody, episode 191 of the Black Eagles podcast. I'm your host, Sina Schwarte, live from New York City. Um, a beautiful late summer day here in the city. Um, a couple days after our match, we played uh, on Friday, of course, on Friday, September 24th, I believe. Um, and so, yeah, this is a Sunday recording, and I'm going to drop it today as well. As uh, So, yeah, it'll be a quickie. Um, obviously, um, an interesting week. I think the, the, the theme of this week slash episode, whatever this is, I mean, it's never quite a week, is it, these days? But um, <clears throat> certainly our theme is injuries. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. I'll go into more detail, obviously, this week. Um, but so let's talk about the match itself. Friday's match against Altai in Izmir. Uh, Izmir is... Izmir. Altai is a really solid team this season so far. Uh, much to everybody's surprise. Um, I thought they were playing in the Altai Alsanjak, but no. They're playing in the Bornova Aziz Kojaolu Stadium in, in Izmir. I don't know if that's a rename or, you know, I don't quite know what the deal is there. But, um, but so, yeah, Altai is obviously sort of pegging above their station at this stage in the season. Operation is in effect as of right now. They were, um, you know, on 12 points coming into the match. Four wins, two losses. I guess let's talk about, there's no head-to-head history between us that I can speak of, at least not sort of recorded thus far. First, they faced Kayseri in, in the first match of the season and they, they beat them easily, 3-0 to nil at home. Their first match in the Super League, a win, kind of heralded in the media because, you know, you love to see that. Uh, Izmir is a, is, a, is a major city in Turkey that did not have rep- representation in the Super League for a long time. Um, and for them to have gotten Guztepe up there recently was great news. Obviously, now having Altai as well, even better. And for them to come out with a win, was, was everybody was thrilled about it. Um, it's worth mentioning their manager is Mustafa Denizli, kind of a Besiktas legend, sort of as well. He's had success with us as manager. Um, anyway, week two, they were in Alanya, and they kept the good vibes rolling with a 1-4 to four victory. Um, week three, however, they were hosting Fenner and lost nil to 2 rough one. It was actually tougher than the scoreline suggested for Fenner, but whatever. Uh, then the following week they played Konya, also ch- like checking it above their station so far this season in Super League. Uh, in Konya, which is never easy, and Konya beat them 3-1. to one. Uh, But so then they came back and had a derby against Guztepe. They were the, the home side in that one. And they won 
two to one. And so they got their, their ship right back on track with that. Obviously, that's a huge more morale boost, winning the Derby in, in Izmir. And then the next week, they played sort of really cold Rizespor uh, in Rize, but uh, they won again, one to two on the road. Um, so, yeah, they they came out well, you gotta say. And, and so they were bringing good form into their match against us, a home match for them, worth noting again. Um, but so, yeah, you know, besides that, let's talk lineups, I suppose, right? Because why not just dig right in? Um, I'll start, obviously, with us. Now, we were severely depleted by injury. So this was something of a mystery. What were, what were we gonna see here? Uh, Merit Grunak on the goal. So, um, Erison giving a week off. <clears throat> Perhaps knowing we'd be able, we might falter a little bit with all these subs. You don't really want to put the kid under that much pressure. Uh, and let him take all the insults and everything. Because you know you're probably going to gonna let some goals in when you're playing so injured as we were. Um, and so, again, the back line. Atiba Hutchinson. Right? He's out of position. Serdar Sachi. Uh, right back, Fabrice and Sakala. Left back, Ridvan Yilmaz. Joseph and uh, Miralem Pjanic in the back of our midfield with Ozan up in front of them, which is an interesting move. Gokhan Ture, the right wing with Sali Uchan, listed as our left winger. Uh, I've seen other iterations where Ozan was listed as the left winger and Sali the, the, the sort of central midfielder slash number 10 type. Um, however you slice it, it's not ideal <laughs> by any stretch. And then up front you have Kenan Karaman. Now obviously, uh, in retrospect, you might have wanted to see Kenan on the wing. Um, he's not shown much ability to be that, uh, that lead striker by any stretch thus far. Um, and, you know, maybe start Guven Yelchin. But yeah, let's, let's talk about the match itself. Uh, I guess, no, first let me tell you guys, uh, you folks, rather, about their starting lineup. So their, their keeper, Mateusz Lisz, Polish 24-year-old keeper. Their back line, Eric Bjorkander, 25-year-old Swedish central defender. And Murat Akcha, 31-year-old Turk. Left back, Mohamed Naderi, um, Iranian. And Jebrail Karayel as the right back, 27-year-old Turk, who has... Uh, I think he's something of a um, fan favorite over there in his mirror, it seems. Zeki yielded him a familiar face for anyone who's been following the Super League over the years. Uh, starts in the in the center of their midfield. Uh, 30-year-old Turk. Next to Serge Aka. Serge Aka. 26-year-old Cote d'Ivoirian. Ivory Coast. Um, Jehun Gulsalam also playing for them, which... You know, another name many will re will recognize. Um, Erhan Jelenk on the on their wing, as well as Leandro Capel, 31-year-old Dutch winger, and up front for them, Dauda Bamba, uh, another guy from the Ivory Coast, um, who has had some success so far this year. Obviously. Um, yeah, let's talk about the match itself, having thoroughly gone over these lineups now uh, so first of all I think it, it it goes without saying 
and I have to mention this first of all, the fans in Izmir, Altai's fans, were fantastic. Right right out of the gates, uh, making a lot of noise, chanting, um, you know, nothing but praise for, for what they're doing um, as fans over there, and, and as a team too, I suppose. But um, first action, although we came out tentative, um, obviously it looked like the boys were a bit rattled having never played together in this lineup. A number of guys playing out of position. Um, you know, you know, you'd expect it, I guess, to some extent. Certainly, the, the fans were nervous, so it makes sense it would sort of trickle down to the players. Uh, ninth minute, Mirelem Pjanic, however, would create the first chance with a, a nice little dink over the, their midfield, dropping to Gokan Ture, who would try some fancy stuff, putting the ball up in the air. He'd have to fight for it. He'd get another one. He'd send it up in the air again. It would drop to Sally Uchan, who would sort of hold off his defender. Um, and the ball would trickle to Joseph, who'd actually force a really solid save from Leash, uh, from their keeper. And so, yeah, right out of the gates, um, even though we're not comfortable out there by any stretch, certainly it looks like, um, I don't know, maybe we're going to do something, or someone, something's going to happen. Um, in the 13th minute, roughly speaking, I guess. Um, I don't know exactly who it was. I think it was Bamba who who got the shot off. But Merritt made a really fantastic diving save, um, which again, so for the the chance we had that was maybe against the run of play a little bit, they made it clear they were they had some intent as well, right out of the gates as well. In um, the 19th minute, on a corner by Pjanic, it would drop to Kenan Karaman, and the ball would go into the back of the net, although. On replay, it would be a handball. I mean, whether or not it was sort of intentional, I think he's maybe brought down, although weakly. So it's understandable why he wouldn't get a call there. Um, and certainly it was a handball, so nobody will rue that. But so yeah, um, despite not having an ideal lineup by any stretch, we're, we're showing some intent, so I think most of our fans will be pretty content at that point, but the game would kind of turn, and for the next 10 or so minutes, they'd get a couple of chances. Uh, Bamba twice, um, having shots skipped just wide of the goal. Not ideal, not ideal. Um, and so at this point, it looks like they're having a better half. Um, and then to, to sort of make matters worse, in the 32nd minute, Guven Yalchin would enter the match for an injured Miralem Pjanic. Uh, hamstring issues, it looks like, which could be, again, you know, anywhere from a week to, to a month. Some nice motorcyclists out there in the streets of New York. I don't know if that actually gets picked up on the mic. Anyway, um, but so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with folks. I, everyone knows I've been a, uh, I went from a serious Guven Yalchin fan to a serious, um, hater, to be honest. Like, I... The moment I saw him come out, I thought, oh boy, that's it, game over. Um, he tends to be sort of a net a net zero, net negative, I should say, even, um, when, he, when he's out there with the sort of effort he puts out and lapses defensively and whatnot. So I, I, I gave up. I was ready to, to call this one uh, dusted um, and just hope for a draw even, you know? But anyway, that would be it. At the half, nil-nil. I'm not thrilled by anything. Um, they make a substitution, taking out their left back, Naderi, the Iranian, 
and bringing in Ibrahim Ozturk, who would come into the center of their defense. Ibrahim Ozturk is the name many will recognize. He played for Bursa back in the day when the, I think when they won the title, he was playing for them still. That's how old he was, or is. Um, but so yeah, you can see they're bringing in a veteran presence to kind of shore things up for them, seeing, perhaps smelling blood, right? Um, anyway, despite that, right out of the gate, 47th minute, Fabrice Nsakala, who had quite a few lapses in the, those sort of 20 to 30 minute range where they luckily didn't score but had a number of chances that dropped to Bamba, Nsakala I think created one of those for them. Nonetheless, 47th minute, an A-plus ball up the side of the wing to, that Gokhan Torig on the other end of. He sort of easily finds uh, Guven Yalchin, who has a little space to, to maneuver. And he makes a savvy dribble and then a really lovely low finish placed and a goal for Guven Yalchin. And so I am very willing to be wrong at this stage. Uh, I'm thrilled by this. 47th minute, a goal. We have the lead, despite everything. Uh, this is looking good. I can take this. I can, I can handle this. And then to make things even better, 54th minute, Ozan, a really nice ball, uh, back, you know, back heel to Guven, who has a, the perfect reaction instinct, sends Kenan Karaman up perfectly with space to run into and Kenan Karaman, you know, complete brain fart or whatever it is, just somehow doesn't get a shot off at all, gets stuffed, and he has like multiple opportunities too. He's actually quite adept on the ball, but just doesn't have this sort of sense to, to just, there's, there's a point where he has, all he has to do is just kick it up into the goal, and it's gonna, like, no matter what foot or how much he has on or anything, it's just, he has the goal to himself, and instead he decides to take another dribble, keeper gets on to the other end of it. I don't even think he gets a shot off. And that is that. And of course, we'd be paying for that. Just So that was in the 54th minute. Just two minutes later, uh, Bjorkander um, stuffs an Nsakala kind of attempt to clear the ball. It drops to Bamba, who sends it up to to be honest quite well, you know, to everyone's surprise because I think it's against the run of play. It looks like we've gotten possession. We, we're we're sort of launching a counter on our on our end, but instead the ball is intercepted. Bamba sends it up to Capel. So Encyclo turned it over. I think. I mean, to be fair, he he's dribbling with it. Bjorkander does really well to tackle it, and it's just an unlucky bounce slash roll to Bamba, and that's where our whole defense is then cut off guard. Drops to Leandro Capel, who puts it in the back of the net. The, the assist by Dauda Bamba really makes it, to be fair, but uh, goal, one to one. We're, we're all level here in Izmir. Um, and then from there on, it's the game sort of goes dead. Everyone's hesitant. Um, Beshtash looks like the, the more likely side to do something, but uh, at the same time, Altai has a number of opportunities. The first real moment is in the 72nd minute. We have subs. Uh, Marco Paixão, kind of club legend at Altai, comes in for Erhan Jelenk, who was a winger for them. Cesar Pinares comes on for Serge Aka, you know, who had actually started creating a, bit of, a few chances for them. Uh, 76, 76th minute, John Bozdogan. John Bozdogan comes on for Ozan Ozyakup, and 
and Umut Merash comes on for Gokan Ture. Uh, and I think it's Ridvan Yilmaz who slides up to the wing at that point. Um, so Umut Merash, his first moments for us as a Besiktas player. Uh, of note, I think it's really worth mentioning that John Bozdoan does really, really well right out of the gates. From, right from the moment he enters the pitch, from the 76th minute on, uh, he makes an impression. Lots of like tackles, effort, high effort plays. Um, all of his passes are well weighted. Uh, yeah, he looked really good. So for all the stuff that I, I mean, apparently he'd been really good in our friendly against Umraniyespor, which earned him a place in the following week. And so I, I didn't see the, the friendly, of course, but I did see the following week, and he looked. There was there was really nothing to nothing to see there, to be honest. But so this time we all got a good glimpse of perhaps what Sergan had seen initially. He looked really solid. Um, and at this point, we're the, we're the side that looks the more likely to score. Kenan has a number of fluffy shots that could have been far far more dangerous. Uh, and Sakala actually almost redeemed himself. A lovely, should have been assist to Kenan. He turns on it and takes a shot with his left foot. It's just literally him in the goal. I don't know if he probably had more time if he needed to get on his right foot. But anyway, the, the, the shot stinks the keeper nothing there 87th minute Ridvan loses the ball poorly um, Umut Merash again it's sort of like the, the, the previous goal Umut Merash tackles the guy who got the ball off Ridvan who I'm not sure exactly who that was to be honest um, but then Cesar Linares tackles Umut Merash because he kind of just had a moment with the ball it bounces poorly um, to Leandro Capel, who returns the favor, this time setting up Dauda Bamba in almost exactly the same way it had happened previously. A kind of defense on our part, turning into a counter, but that's then sort of quickly rebutted. Uh, a little bit of luck, to be honest. Uh, an entire defense caught off guard. Um, and so this time, uh, yeah, Capel finds Dauda Bamba, who's all along the left side. Somehow the shot goes right between Mert Gunok's legs, so that's not pretty. And it's two to one. The the, the comeback complete. Outside a huge win, obviously for them at home against Besiktas. Regardless of any other circumstances, they're gonna love that, uh, and they're thrilled, I'm sure. But um, yeah, obviously, as terrible as we all feel, it felt like it could have happened. Uh, we all know how weak we are with all the injuries, so it's not like a huge shock, I don't think. 92nd minute, Kenan Karaman almost redeems himself for a number of poor shots by finding Ridvan on the box. He does really well to make his own space, sends in a shot, cross the, the, the goal mouth, forcing a diving save. Credit to this Polish keeper, Leash. Uh, he, he had a pretty solid match, actually. Uh, in the 94th minute, a dumb penalty is called uh, and then reviewed and, and taken away. As for, um, yeah, just a, a, a terrible call, to be honest. Um, Serdar fouled their guy outside of the box and he sort of dives in. And anyway, whatever. Uh, it ends up being a free kick that's defended. No problem. Match is over. Two to one. Besiktas loses. And real briefly, I'll, I'll just mention uh, the stats. I'm going to do that. And then I'm, we do have a hashtag Khan's Corner here today. So we'll get his thoughts on that. And I'm going to put that after the stats because he, I think, sort of 
focuses a bit more on on the next match in IX, so we'll sort of use that as our preview for the IX match as well, or as a segue. Um, but so yeah, that's it. Match ends two to one. We have 53% of the ball to their 47%, so that's weird, not ideal. 12 shots to their 10, seven on target to their three. So they have three shots on target and two goals, which, you know, that's not ideal. We had 383 accurate passes to their 316. <clears throat> Completed a 79% rate of success to their 76% rate of success. They conceded 12 fouls, we conceded eight. We had five corners, there are two. Uh, both of us were called offside twice. Uh, yeah, I mean, surprisingly even statistically. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say they had a fantastic match, but obviously we had an even worse one, you could say. Um, let's just dive into the individual stats, because we don't want to spend too much time on this. Um, the only players judged to have had an excellent, you know, above eight, were Dauda Bamba and Leandro Capel. In the very good zone, above 7.5, we have Zeki Yildirim, Murat Akcha, and Serge Aka. So again, all Altai players. In, in above 7, so in the good to very good range, we have Guven Yalcin, finally a best player, Mateusz Lish, their keeper, um, Joseph de Souza, Mohamed Naderi, who is, of course, their left back, who left at halftime. So apparently he was a judge to have had a fairly good game despite having been taken out. I don't know why they did that. Um, Jehun Gulsalam, Jebrail Karayel, and Ridvan Yilmaz also were all above seven. So the only two best judge players thought to have had a, an actually good matches were Guven Yalcin and Ridvan Yilmaz, which is, that's, I guess, a silver lining to the match. Both of them are, are young uh, and could theoretically have long futures with the club. Know if I'm willing to do that with Guven Yelchin anymore, honestly. Um, as far as like, I mean, right on the cusp there, right under seven, I, I'm mentioning this. Ozan had a 6.94, Serdar Sachi 6.89, Gokan Ture 6.83, and John Bozdoan a 6.81. And of course, that's significant because John did not play too much, like a 15 minutes, give or take. Um, so obviously, that's pretty good news. Um, all around. A lot of young guys were thought to have played pretty well. Serdar Sachi were going to need him to be pretty good, and so he, you know, he certainly didn't disappoint. Um, but so yeah, let's dig in, I guess. I'm going to just go ahead and give Guven Yelchin my man of the match. It's, it's a tough match to give it to anyone, honestly, but I think he probably deserves it, if we're going to be realistic. He played 58 minutes, had a goal, um, two shots, 13 accurate passes only, but uh, at an 81% success rate. He created one chance as well. He, was, he had one shot on target, one shot off. Um, 13 of 16 passes, one long ball was not accurate. He had a key pass, however, uh, which was the one to Kenan Karaman, which he could not do anything good with. He, had, uh, he won three duels. He lost five, but you know, he's active in that regard, which in his case is actually kind of a best case scenario. Um, he was actually three out of five with his dribbles even, so he didn't lose the ball like he typically does. He had five recoveries coming back and defending moderately, but he didn't make any huge defensive errors, which 
feels weird even having to mention, but he, he's, he's had a proclivity for that. So, anyway, yeah. A pretty good match for Guven Yelchin. Obviously, the goal was pretty impressive, given all of the circumstances and everything. Um, gave us a moment of hope, you could say. But in the end, a loss. Um, and anyway, let me hand the mic over to Khan Bayazit for his hashtag Khan's Corner. Um, and yeah, he, I think, does a good job of quickly talking about this match. I've gone into the stats and everything, so we don't have to talk about it anymore. And he'll segue into our Ajax preview. Uh, and then I'll, I'll kind of give us some real details on that match going into it. Um, but yeah, that's it for the Altai match. Two to one loss on the road in Izmir. But Khan's going to mention this, and I, and I should mention it too. Their fans were great. A match in Izmir with, with a, a club that has a real legitimate fan base should never be seen as an easy match. So, you know, it, it was what it was, right? Anyway, without any further ado, I hand the mic over to Khan Bayazid. It's been a difficult week for Besiktas and the Besiktas fans, of course, with uh, the 3-3 draw against Adana on the Adana Demirspor on Monday, and then uh, this defeat at the hands of Altai, which, going into the match, I think everyone was aware that there was a very real possibility that we would lose this game due to the extreme volume of injuries. But then once the game kicked off and you start watching the game, and early on I, I very much had the impression that the players themselves were of the mindset of this is uh, an insurmountable task, we are lacking too much quality, blah blah blah. Like all the the angst that we as fans have, I kind of saw in the players in the early minutes of the game. But as the game progressed, I did get the feeling that, hey, we might actually be able to get something here. Serdar Sace made a good impression on me defensively. Um, his passing game wasn't where it needs to be yet, but at 17, 18 years old, there's plenty of time for him to improve. Defensively, I thought he made a good impression. Um, yeah, the main issue we had really is the, the severe lack of offensive options with only Gökhan Töre and Kenan Karaman really uh, being the offensive outlets of the, the team. Then once uh, Miralem Pjanic picked up an injury, Guven came on and I have to be honest, uh, I, I dreaded that a little bit, but credit goes to Guven, he actually uh, contributed to the game and um, yeah, we had of course our goal disallowed as well in the first half, which was a correct decision. Um, it does sting a little that a goal gets disallowed via VAR for a handball just after uh, Monday's game where that goal always should have been disallowed uh, for a handball and for uh, to uh, pushing violations. Um, I mean, we can't fault VAR for working correctly here. But I think we can fault far for not doing their job in the previous game. And you want far to make the right decisions. And here they made the right decision. On Monday they made a very, very poor decision. Um, but yeah, 
that's football i guess that's turkish football at least the biggest problem of course is not the fact that we drop points at home to adana demirspor not that we drop points away at altai to me altai away was a match that i had marked on the calendar as a potential loss of points regardless um, but having seen this game and having seen how it played out even with this lineup we could have won this match the a very yeah not sharp defending from Ensakala individual mistake leads to the equalizer and i think if Ensakala is is better in the, uh, defending there better at holding off bamba there that we won't lose at least at the very least we wouldn't lose this game i think we would have probably won it altai did not make a very good impression on me overall um i mean don't get me wrong they they had dangerous moments there was a very good save from mert in the first half um on uh capel or whatever his name is his uh, effort uh ultimately he also ended up assisting uh, bamba's goal in the 88th minute um, but again, that was an individual error from Besiktas. I, I really have the sense that if we would have played this game with not even our strongest lineup, but like even the lineup that we had against Adana with Bacuay, with Pjanic, with Gazal, with Rozier, I, I think with that lineup we would have wiped the floor with this Altai. Uh, this is a match that I think if you play it 10 times with a, 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 not this extreme amount of injuries, you win it nine out of ten obviously with the lineup we had it was always going to be a difficult task um i think a point would have been a good result uh beforehand looking at it but then of course after taking the lead and and looking like the most likely team to score really throughout the game i felt like at least their goalkeeper i think had a lot more work than than, than Mert did um he made a couple of really good saves also a couple of moments where i just felt that if kenan had a little bit more power behind the shot that it would always be a goal uh, if that's bachuai i think you you win this game with two fingers up your nose uh so from that regard it's, it's a little sour that we don't win uh that we don't even get a point um but that that's not a big deal i think that the, the thing is with this team once hopefully the the, the injuries uh, settle down and players start coming back and and hopefully stay fit uh our team is, is is very very strong and we will make up for this um no problem the big issue is of course tuesday when we travel away to ajax uh and we will be playing with huh, i don't even know if you can call it a c team um it's definitely not a b team um it, it, it's nowhere close to a b team I think C team is the only way to describe it. We're going to be missing between eight to ten starters. Uh, Bachuai looking likely that he might be back, but let's be honest. Come on, uh, no Vida, no. I don't don't think Wellington will be back. Pjanic probably won't be back. Gezal and Kudu. I mean, Kudu, you know, he's like a French player. Like, is he a starter? Is he not? But the Laren, like, there's so many players missing. And Ajax, even with our strongest lineup, Ajax away is a, an incredibly tough match to get something from. With a C lineup, I think that is, like, you know, I, I said before the, the Altai game, we would need a small miracle. Um, if you want to get anything with a C lineup against this Ajax, I think you need... Uh, a couple of big miracles not just one but a couple uh it's very realistic that we are going to get battered look what they did to sporting 
away in Lisbon, uh, Sporting that did play with, uh, I mean, obviously they had a couple of players missing, and I think uh, their best player, I forget his name, but I think he, he got injured in the game or whatever, but it doesn't matter, like, they don't have 10 starters missing. Uh, Ajax, if they fire on all cylinders against our C team, I mean, it, it's not just the, the 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 lacking the the lacking quality. It's more also the lacking chemistry. You know, you saw that. I think you very much saw that in the first opening 20-30 minutes against Altai. Is that just the team that played? It, it's these are all players that usually don't start. They're not used to playing together, and you can see that. Like, there's a lot of players that aren't used to playing alongside each other these all of these players like Sali like Ozhan they're all used to getting minutes within the team but they play with other players generally you know um, I think the main like there is going to be lack of, of chemistry and 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 automatism knowing what to expect from your teammate when he's going to be where and stuff like that and that's going to be deadly away at, at Ajax um, so I think we need to be realistic and just accept the fact that we are not going to get points. Um, we will probably concede a lot of goals. Um, and I don't even think, like, you know, I, I know Turks are very... There's always, you know, the, 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 the toxic uh, rival fans who will have a laugh and blah and blah and blah, but let's be realistic. Like, if this would happen to them, like, Galatasaray the last seven or eight years have done nothing but getting themselves embarrassed in the Champions League and in Europe in general. Like, you know, what would happen? They're losing 6-0 with their A team. <laughs> so, you know, what would happen if they would play their C team, right? Uh, I think we just need to be realistic, write this one off. Quite frankly, uh... I would even consider to say, "Fuck it, we don't go." <laughs> Let's you, let the give the players some rest, let them recover. Fortunately, we have an international break coming up relatively soon, which will hopefully give most of our players time to recover. Um, there aren't any real serious injuries, no, you know, serious knee fractures, ACL stuff like knock on wood. Heaven forbid, you know, anything like that happens. I just hope that. After the international break, we, we, we get most of our players back and, um, and that, we, that we, get at full, we get come back at full force. It would be a, a massive disappointment if, if that would be the reason we don't succeed this season, just uh, an insane amount of injuries. Um, yeah, one more thing I would really hope, like one of the things, you know, that, um, this Turkish singer, Sedar uh, Urtaçek, I believe his name is, he, he said something and the, the club uh, decided to sue the guy. I feel like that is such a, a way of distracting from the problem at hand. The club needs to not be petty. Don't do what other clubs in Turkish football do. Don't become that. Just, take, just man up, take responsibility. What, there's clearly something wrong. We know that the pitch at Vodafone isn't in great condition. Is the training ground, are, are, those, are, are those in good condition? What is wrong? Is there a problem with the training, uh, with the training regime? You know, there's something is wrong. All the injuries are muscle injuries. That means 
over-incumbration. That means that the players are being pushed too hard. Obviously, <clears throat> the, the, the fact that we are playing every three days is a big factor too, but that isn't the only factor. Um, this needs to be addressed and it needs to be solved because it has the potential of completely ruining our season. It's already going to probably ruin our European campaign, which is a shame because we had a good, a, a, a good draw and, you know, like against Dortmund, we missed a couple of key players, <clears throat> which was a shame because I think with, with Vida, with Alex, maybe we could get something in that game. Maybe, but this uh, now against Ajax away, we're, we're not even going to have a fighting chance, basically. I mean, I, you know, you can say every man with two hands has a fighting chance, right? But realistically, we need to be realistic about it. And unless Ajax has the biggest off day of their lives, if their players have like the biggest off day of their lives and our reserve players have their best match of their lives, then maybe miracles do happen. But... Realistically, there's a 99% chance that we're going to get our asses handed to us there. And that's a shame that it has to happen this way, you know. At least if you had the majority of your players available. Like, obviously, you can always miss one or two or three players. That's always, you know, that's, that happens to any team. That's football. But missing legit 90% of your starting lineup, that is something that is a very rare occurrence in football and it's just going to be a shame because you'll always be left wondering what if what if we had our team available would we have done something more and that's that's unfortunate but you know we have to accept it and it's part of life and uh stuff can you know the season carries on and things will hopefully get better and if they don't maybe this is the price we pay for the amazing season we had last season and yeah you know football being a football fan is ups and downs and the downs are what make the ups so beautiful so if if this goes wrong because of all these injuries then rest assured that there will be a high light coming in the future Thank you very much, Senor Bayazit. My friend Khan does a very good job there of finding the positives, not dwelling on the negatives, and uh, I think moving along. Let's talk about Ajax, and, and I, you know, he mentions quite accurately that um, I think at this stage we just have to hope for the best here, right? Um, it's not going to be, it's not going to be pretty, probably, right? realistic about it it's not gonna be pretty it is what it is we're probably gonna lose this one week we're playing not just the B team here a C team in most ways right so I mean we were lacking players in positions I mean quickly let me just so one thing Khan did not highlight in sort of specifics I guess we could say but certainly did um, mention uh, that were depleted but he didn't have the details and so this is the squad that we've like officially registered I think I mean at least this is what we put on our Twitter page perhaps there will be some late entries you'd like to see it for example I, I noticed in training pictures today that Alex Teixeira was training with the full team um, full contact so ideally right that would be a, a, a 
huge help. I don't know if we're even allowed to bring them. I don't know if this is a list we've submitted. But anyway, what, what we put up on our Twitter page was, so we have Ersin Destanolu and Mert Gunok available. <clears throat> Valentin Rosier is back, so that's good news. Of course, he was only suspended with a card, so that shouldn't be a surprise. Ridvan Yilmaz is there. Joseph de Souza. Salih Uchan, uh, which is good news, actually. He was injured in this match. Um, there was a question mark on that. Mishi Bachuai. Yes, we needed this so much. Ozan Ozyakub, also another kind of injury that could have been. Uh, so it's good that we have him. Gokan Ture, it's amazing that of all the various injuries we've suffered, he's not one of them. Good for him. Uh, and knock on wood, right? Because uh, that would be not what we need at this stage. He's like the only winger we have. Um, John Bozdawan, although I guess, side note on that, because uh, Bachuai is back, hopefully that means we can play Kenan on the wing and not have to play him up front. Um, Jaz, John Bozdawan is available, Fabrice Nsakala, Kenan Karaman, Serdar Sachi, and then here we go, this is some interesting stuff. So, uh, also Umut Merash, but um, Berkai Vardar, Demir Ege Tiknaz, Emirhan Delibash. So uh, three youngsters called up to fill out the squad. That's what we're needing to do against Ajax Amsterdam. Um, no club to sneeze at, I, I think we could say. Now, while we mention Ajax Amsterdam, let's talk about their season so far. So the only good news, if anyone wants to dig into what they what they've done so far this season, is they. And, and by the way, please check out our preview episode with the We Talk Ajax guys. I'll link folks to it so that they can kind of get ready for the match there. Obviously, we weren't prepared to have no starters available, but whatever. Uh, but so, recapping what they've done so far this season. Ajax started out their season, like their, their competitive season, their Super Cup, with a 4-0 loss against PSV Eindhoven. Um, and they were, they were, I don't know if that was at a neutral site, they're listed as the home site here, but... Anyway, so, hooray, maybe they're going to suck this year, right? Next week, home opener, season opener, 5-0 win against NEC Megan. Uh, the next week, the next match, uh, on the road against FC Twente, they, they draw 1-1. Okay, good news perhaps, right? Mm, not so much. Next week at home, they beat Vitesse 5-0. Following week on the road, they beat, they beat PC's Vol. Nil to two uh, in their home in their Champions League opener on the road in Lisbon against the champions of the Portuguese League Sporting. They win one to five. <laughs> Following week, they they come up against Cambur in their league, win nine to nil, and then against Fortuna Sittard on the road, they win nil to five, and then finally in this their last. Uh, league match, they beat FC Groningen 3-0 at home. Uh, it's safe to say that they are not struggling to score goals. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, let's talk about the, their kind of overview. Um, the guys who are listed as having played the most and perhaps is because of injuries or whatever it might be. Um, their average starting squad has Pasvir as their, their goalkeeper, um, Remko Pasvir, 37-year-old. Uh, it's supposed to be a weakness for them, but they have a lot of clean sheets so far. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Um, on their back line, Yuri and Timbur, 20-year-old Dutchman. 
next to Lisandro Martinez, 23-year-old Argentinian. Uh, left back, Daly Blind, 31-year-old Dutchman, who many will recognize. Uh, the right back, Nusair Mazraoui, 23-year-old Moroccan. In the midfield, Steven Berghuis, 29-year-old Dutchman. Edson Alvarez, 23-year-old Mexican. And Ryan Gravenberch, 19-year-old Dutchman. Worth mentioning that... Um, Davi Klassen has just returned from injury, so hooray. Uh, up front, they've got Sebastian Haller, who's actually listed as being playing for Cote d'Ivoire. I didn't know that. I thought he was actually Dutch. But 27-year-old Cote d'Ivoirean. He's already scored five goals on the season for them. Anthony is, the, is a winger, 21-year-old Brazilian, as well as Dusan Tadic, uh, a 32-year-old Serbian, who is one of the more talented players in the world, potentially. I didn't know he was listed as a left winger. I thought he was more of a number 10 for them. Um, just to sort of go over their starting lineup from their last match to give you a real sense of whether or not that sort of average lineup is, is accurate. Um, that's exactly the lineup that they trotted out in their last match. So um, I don't know if uh, Davi Klassen will be brought back into their, their lineup for, for our match specifically. Might as well since it's playing against a, a bunch of youths and C-teamers. But... Anyway, um, yeah, that's it for Ajax. That's it for my preview for them. The match will, of course, be on Tuesday at 12.45 p.m. here in New York City on the eastern coast of the United States, the eastern seaboard of the U.S. So check your local listings. Um, an interesting lunchtime event for those of us here in the United States, uh, in New York City specifically, um, or I guess I just say on the east coast. Champions League Group C, round two. So, you know, that should be very exciting. Dortmund will be playing Sporting and the other fixture uh, in Germany. So, yeah, you know. Hold your breath, right? Pray for a miracle if you're into that kind of stuff. I'm prepared to take a major loss in this match. I truly am. Um, real quickly, just to round up the Super League table. Because uh, we've finished the match day here. I've waited long enough. I mean, except for Trabzonspor, who has to play Alanya still. Um, Alanya is, has won four games and lost twice. Um, Trabzon won four games and drawn twice. And the match will be in Trabzon, so they'll probably be favorites for that. Trabzon, I mean, Alanya has actually managed a fairly decent run this season so far, but they've lost quite impressively in a few matches as well. So. I'm not holding my breath for Trabzon to drop points here. So we could very well end the week in fourth place. Because it would only take a Trabzon draw for that to be true. Um, but needless to say, at the moment we're in third place, having played seven matches. Currently in first place, Fenerbahce. Five wins, one draw, 16 points. Um, Fener were just victorious today on the road in Hatay. One to two. Very questionable penalty not given. Um, Minjay Kim. A handball in the box, which seemed an obvious penalty, but whatever. Um, second place, Altai, a team we'll recognize. They've won five matches and lost twice. 15 points for them, obviously. They've just come off a win against us, which has them flying high. Third place, us. Four wins, two draws, one loss, 14 points. Seven matches played, because that's important, because Trabzon has played six matches and also has 14 points. Uh, four wins and two draws, no losses. Fifth place, Hatay, uh, with four wins, one draw and two losses, 13 points. Uh, next up, Konya, who's slipping, having not done so well this week. Uh, they have three wins, three draws, still no losses. They are undefeated, but 12 points. 
Um, tied with Alanya, who has four wins and two losses, also on 12 points. Kaiseri, uh, worth noting again, Alanya has a game in hand, so they could end the week with 15 points ahead of us if they beat Trabzon. Um, Kaiseri is next with three wins, two draws, and two losses, 11 points. Fatih Karagumruk, also three wins, two draws, two losses, and 11 points in ninth place. And then finally in 10th place, Galatasaray, also with three wins, two draws, and two losses, and 11 points. Of course, they're only three points behind us, but that amounts to 10th place at the moment. So I guess we could say things could be worse, right? Anyhow, that's it for this week. Um, or I should say that's it for this episode because we're going to be back again very soon this week. Um, again, we're playing Ajax on Tuesday, so stay tuned for that. We'll be back after that match naturally. Um, best of luck to us, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's football, right? Anything can happen. <laughs> oh, let's just hope we're not embarrassed, right? That's, that's the best case scenario at this point. Anyway. I'm logging out here. Thanks again to Khan Bayazid for his hashtag Khan's Corner. Follow him at Razarian at R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Follow our podcast at Eagles underscore podcast. Also follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. And without uh, saying much more, I do, of course, have to mention... Let's go Besiktas! Peace out, everybody. And stay healthy, folks. <laughs> Especially if you happen to play for Besiktas. Uh, be back soon. Be back very soon. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.